You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented. And let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. Here we go. It is hour three of the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. Great to have you with us on a Thursday. Coming up in the next hour, we will talk NFL football and some baseball with Mark Drumheller, betting analyst and host on the BetQL Network at 820. Back to the college game when our buddy Chris Mack from the BetQLU podcast joins us for his weekly visit. And you know what's coming your way at 845. We will fire up the BetQL mainframe and bring you our best bets. Chelsea, before we talk NFL and baseball with Mark, who is standing by patiently, do you think there's a possibility that Aaron Rodgers is going to return this season? Apparently, he is walking around the Jets facility with no boot on. They say, well, he might he might have some sort of lift in his shoe to relieve some of the pressure on that torn Achilles. Apparently, people who are familiar with the situation, sources are saying, that he's way ahead of the normal recovery time. This would be unprecedented. He can't really come back this season after tearing his Achilles. Can he? Well, I saw where he got some kind of experimental procedure that like mm-hmm. most people haven't had. I saw this because it was oh. the station that I used to work for in Fort Myers, uh, Wink News, where Aaron Rodgers was working with this company, Anthrax, I don't know if it's the name of the company or like the material or something, but mm-hmm. clearly Aaron Rodgers is doing things that he is trying to come back very quickly. So he's doing things that are kind of cutting edge technology, which you would expect, you know, from an NFL quarterback, but yeah. maybe he can like technology mm-hmm. and advancements in medicine are getting better and better all the time. Like look at Brock Purdy. I didn't expect him to be back like so soon. Yeah. But these surgeries are getting better, and the doctors are <laughs> learning more and more. So, like, maybe he can come back. Yeah, back in the day, it, it really is amazing. Double D is saying in the chat, and I'll have to read about this, there's a new procedure that apparently cuts down the recovery time if you have an Achilles injury. But back in the day, if you got an injury like this, especially in, like, basketball, it would end your career. They'd be like, okay, let's take some barbed wire and some chewing gum, and here's a limp French fry. We'll put it all together, and we'll make your Achilles right again or your your ACL. And it, it was a career ender for many guys. It would just sap them of any sort of strength or quickness completely. And now it's amazing where we are. So I guess it's a possibility. It would be fascinating. And also Aaron Rodgers, whether you believe in this or not, has said, 
I'm manifesting it. I'm, I'm manifesting and I, I'm, I'm putting it out there. My Achilles will heal. My Achilles will heal. It will come together because of this new age procedure. Oh, there is a crystal in front of me. I feel the power from this crystal. So you put all that together. Maybe he'll come back. I don't know, but it would be it would be crazy to see because <clears throat> I don't think we've ever seen that in the NFL. Let's bring in Mark Drumheller, a guy who doesn't need crystals to tell us what's going to happen in the NFL or in baseball. You know him as a betting analyst and host on the BetQL Network. Follow him on Twitter at X underscore Drumheller. Mark, let me just ask you, have you ever had any sort of, I have a cracked rib right now. I'm not making that up, which is a whole different story. But have you ever had an injury, a serious injury where it took longer or maybe there was a shorter recovery time than you anticipated? Only to my bankroll. You know, that's really how it goes for me. But I've been relatively healthy my entire life. Been there. Had, had a, that's great. Yeah, had a concussion before, but like nothing major like surgery wise that I had to, you know, uh, you know, lean on you know, the experts in the medical field to get me up and running again. So knock on wood, you know, hopefully that continues. All right. That's All right. good to know. <laughs> Go ahead, Chelsea, knock this out. I'm going to sit back and just, and just absorb the information that Mark's about to drop on us. Okay. So we have a lot going on with Philly sports these days. So uh, let's dive right in and let's start with the Phillies who are playing tonight on the road at Arizona. According to my humble opinion, it feels like these Philly bats are not going to cool off just because a change in venue. I don't see Trey Turner slowing down. I don't see Kyle Schwarber slowing down. You name it, whoever. What's your take on the Phillies only being a minus 130 on the road tonight against the Diamondbacks? Yeah, I, I like them tonight. I think it really comes down to the pitching matchup. And, you know, when you look at how it broke out, you know, they were able to get Wheeler and Nola at home. Now they go on the road to Arizona. They get Ranger Suarez, who's been solid, you know, 1.23 ERA in the playoffs. Um, he's been pretty big. Even last year, he was decent. Um, they could depend on him. And on the other side, you know, you got a very, very young pitcher um, in, in, a, in fight, you know, going for Arizona. And, Yes, he's been pitching well. He pitched well against the Dodgers, but he really needs to locate his pitches. And when he doesn't, you know, he's really susceptible to home runs. And that's a bad combination when you're going up against this Philly lineup, right, with Schwarber, with Harper, uh, you know, with those guys. So he's going to have to be really on his game, pinpoint location tonight, or the Phillies lineup's going to make him pay. And I think I think that's a bad spot for them. And, you know, the other key part about it is it looks like game four is going to be a bullpen game. So – um, you know, Arizona is really, if he does get in trouble early, like uh, how willing are they going to be to go to their bullpen? You know, are they going to let him hang out there a little long? So all those factors go into it. And I really think that, um, you know, when you look at five, he's given up 22 homers and in 96 innings this year. So going up against this Philadelphia lineup, I think it's going to be pretty tough, even though they're back in Arizona. Mark, what is the, what is the case against the Phillies. And I ask this very earnestly because they just look unbelievable right now. They've been crushing the ball since August the 1st. I keep throwing this out, but it's amazing. 5.7 runs per game since then, which is just very difficult to do in baseball. Their pitching has been fantastic. What's the case against Philly? Why would you want to make a case against Philadelphia? Come on. This is like <laughs> the best story in sports, right? So, yeah. No, I mean, really, if you wanted to build one, it would probably be that they've always been in the lead, you know, this offseason. I think there's only been two or three innings where I think it's six batters total that came up to the plate while the Phillies were trailing during the postseason. So, you know, the way the lineup's constructed, you know, with Schwarber up top and, you know, then meet of the order, they jump all over you early. And, you know, we see it, 
you know, especially at home. And that's really the biggest difference, I think, with this Phillies team. Last year was more like, hey, this team got hot at the right time. And this year you're seeing that, like, they are built to win. Like, these players live for this moment. We see it day in and day out. The home field advantage at Citizens Bank Park is incredible. Like, pitchers go in there and they say, oh, I'm sure it's not that loud. It's not going to be fine. They get baptized for, like, five home runs and they're never the same. Like, you look at Atlanta, still can't believe what happened. So, um, I think that's huge, especially when, like, you go into a series like this against Arizona where they know they have to come back here if they do survive, uh, you know, to game five. They have to come back to Citizens Bank Park for six and seven. So, I think it's tough, but – um, I just think you're seeing like the maturation of a team that got a little taste last year and now they're ready to make a push. But if there was one thing, like one question mark about this team, I think it's that we haven't seen them really trailing in a lot of games for a lot of times in the postseason. I love the usage of the word baptize in a sports sense. Like we should do that more often. It almost seems <laughs> like something they would now. use like, in WWE. <laughs> you're about to get baptized by the Phillies lineup. I love that. Uh, do you or have even, any plays I mean, even Kelly, game? after game two, like, before the game, he's like, ah, oh, you know, we'll see. I'm sure I was in different environments. And then after the game, he was a totally changed person. <laughs> like, completely changed. You're right. <laughs> he has been baptized uh, in the blood of Philly's red. Uh, but plays for this game. I was just looking at this one because you kind of piqued my interest. When we were talking about the usage of Ranger Suarez, his outs prop is 14 and a half for this game. We've seen the comments saying that they're trying to use Ranger Suarez in a more traditional sense in this game. The Phillies have a two-game lead in this series. It feels like he goes long in this game. Uh, other than Ranger Suarez, like, obviously, I kind of want to play that one. Do you have any other plays for us in this game? I mean, not really. I think, like, the money line, like, I, I like Phillies on the money line. There was an interesting stat I saw. I want to say it was the athletic. I probably should be better about crediting these people, but – when Philadelphia is one minus 133 or more, so I know it's dipped down to minus 130, but it's been back and forth between 130 and 135. But uh, they're 52 and 26 this year on the money line. So, I mean, that's just Oof. a huge number. It just kind of shows you that when they get out of that range, you know, like we can split hairs on the number, but when they get out of that range of where it's like not a coin flip anymore and they're like legitimate favorite, like they tend to deliver. And I think that, you know, in, in – when considering the pitching matchup and you got a, you know, a very young pitcher on the other side with Arizona, like I said, who has a tendency to let up the long ball um, against a lineup that I think has 15 homers in the last four postseason games. So um, I, I think that, you know, the Phillies are a pretty solid play on the money line, but I like the Suarez outs prop. I think they do let him go a little bit tonight. Mark, let's shift gears and talk a little football here and talk about the Eagles who are, Welcoming the Dolphins Sunday Night Football, Eagles laying two and a half points. So I think we sort of keep waiting for that Eagles offense to come together with their new offensive coordinator like we saw last year. When does that happen and what, what has held them back thus far? Yeah, well, I think it's a combination of a lot of things, right? So it's it's injuries mm -hmm. and it's, you know, it's also you have a new offensive coordinator and, you know, then more importantly, you know, NFL defenses smarten up quick, you know, like they're playing Jalen Hurts different. They're dropping a lot of people back. They're trying to get pressure. You know, he, they know that if they can get him off his spot, off out of the pocket, he's a little bit of a different quarterback and he's adjusting to those new looks. Like teams aren't just going to go out there and be like, Hey, you know, you can just score 35 points a game like last year, you know, like they make the adjustments and that's been a challenge, especially with a new offensive coordinator. But 
I, I mean, I have confidence that they're going to figure it out and fix it. Does it happen this week? Yeah, I think so. I think they'll have a lot of success offensively. Um, it's more the defense that I'm worried about. You know, when you look at the injuries that the Eagles have, you know, with Slay, how's he going to be okay? You know, uh, Blankenship, you know, their safety, who's really a critical part, kind of like more of an underrated piece of that defense. Um, he's got, you know, a rib problem again. Not sure if he's going to be able to go. Jalen Carter, is he going to be able to go? So um, lots of questions defensively. Um, for the Eagles in this matchup. But I think the real one is, you know, they, they need Lane Johnson in there. Historically, they're a much better team from a win-loss perspective when he's in there. Um, but I think both offenses are probably going to have a lot of success on Sunday night. Yeah, we're seeing it. The total's 52. Jumps off the page yeah, there. But one. you are playing the Dolphins, who uh, offensively mm -hmm. we know are putting up historic numbers. So when you get two and a half points with the Dolphins here, I know you're a Philly fan, but can you make a case for the other side and the Dolphins? I would look to tease it. Like once I see two and a half, I'm always mm -hmm. like, can I tease it up? What can I pair it with? That sort of thing, because it could be a field goal game. I mean, these are two offenses that are going to move it down the field. So it's going to come down to, you know, who makes the late turnover, you know, what defense is able to get the late sack, you know, to, to get a stop out there. Um, but I think both offenses are going to move it. I would even look to the over at 52. I know you don't want to do that on like it's a primetime game. But um, when you look to Dolphins defense, you filter out garbage time and they're bottom three in success rate allowed against the rush, which is 30th in the league. And when Philly can get the rush going, when they get that running game going, then that just helps everything out. Right. It helps Jalen Hurts. It helps the offense. Um, the Philly defense does a real good job on explosive plays. Uh, I think they only allowed six explosive plays um, from a rushing perspective, and that's a big part of Miami's offense as well. People see Miami and they think Tyree Kill, laser, you know, two is throwing lasers down the field, but it really mm -hmm. starts with the running game. So um, I think the Eagles can keep this game competitive. I think it'll be like you know a coin flip game, probably come down to the fourth quarter. But, um, I, you know, I, I think the over, and then if you're going to play Miami, I would probably try and tease it up and find a teaser leg. Mark, before we let you go, is there any game on the board in the NFL besides this one that you like? Um, not too much right now. Like, I really, to be honest yeah. with you, I haven't really dug in to, to the whole card. It's been a crazy week, you know, with the Phillies and, and the Eagles and yeah, everything. And college football starting early now. That's seven days a week. But um, I will definitely have my plays out. For those that follow me, The you know, you know where to find them. Um, they'll be out there during the week, you know, as we gear up for Sunday. Looking All right, so finally for me. Oh, go ahead. Oh, uh, my bad. I want to ask sure. you, do we think this is the year for the World Series win for Philadelphia? I really do. I really do, especially when you're looking at the, how the other series uh, plays out. Like, if it's Houston, I'm a little bit more concerned because they've been in this environment. They've been to the bank, you know. But if they get Texas, I know Houston won last night. If they get Texas in the World Series, um, I, I think you just smash them. Now, I don't think they're going to have home field advantage um, in the World Series. I think they get games three, four, and five. But – Still, I, I think teams are going to have a real hard time winning at the bank, and that gives them a huge advantage in these long series. Yeah, good luck to your team tonight out in the desert. The Phillies have just been a wagon, and I like them on the money line as well. He's Mark Drumheller, betting analyst and host on the BetQL Network. Mark, thanks so much. We appreciate it. Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate it. You bet. So, Chelsea, let me ask you, do you think the Phillies are going to win the World Series? I know there's still a lot of baseball left, but if you're putting money on a team right now, just just – Value aside, do you think this team is going to be the one that wins it all? I wouldn't be shocked. 
I think that's yeah. like my initial reaction. Like if somebody told you that the Phillies were going to win the World Series, I'd be like, huh, that's, you know, kind of what I expected. They have a great lineup. They're peaking at the right time. They've got a great starting rotation and their bullpen has been shoving. Top to bottom, the Phillies have looked like the best team in the postseason. So I would not be surprised one bit. I wouldn't either. I mean, they just look so, so good. Things can change. That's absolutely the case, but no one looks better, at least at this point, than Philadelphia. Coming up next, it's a Thursday. So, you know, we got to check in with Chris Mack for the BetQL podcast and find out what is making his card in college football. It is a daily tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. Stay right there. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the show on a Thursday. The Daily Tip from BetQL presented by MGM. Great to have you with us. Coming up in just moments. Ton of big games on the schedule in college football. Find out who Chris Mack is picking when the host of the BetQLU podcast joins us in just moments. Chelsea, are you familiar with the, with the Twitter follow message board geniuses? Do you follow this account at all? Do you know what I'm talking about? No. What is it? Well, essentially, it's an account that goes to different college football bulletin boards and it pulls the most ridiculous theories that are found. It could be any team in America, right? And they'll, they'll take a screenshot and they'll say, well, this school thinks this is happening. And one of my favorites over the past week, and <laughs> you can read this, after Texas A&M, Lost to Tennessee last week. Been a rough season for the Aggies. They're locked into Jimbo's contract. This is a post on a Texas A&M message board. And it says, I'm going to paraphrase some of this. That was a very difficult loss for the Aggies. Not many people know this, but A&M has hired a new nutrition coordinator and they utilize grains more than protein. The theory is the players will have more stamina. The problem is they are ingesting so many grains, it's causing gas, and it's not typical everyday gas. It's chronic. It leads to a lot of problems. It's an intestinal issue, and that type of gas is not normal. When you have players passing gas literally every play, that is a problem. So I'll tell you one thing. The Aggies have a lot of problems down there in College Station, and now it appears that gassy players, a lot of farting going on, Texas A&M, when you see Max Johnson, not under center, in the shotgun, you know why. There is no way Max can get under center right now. It is the fourth quarter, and he's got to stay in the gun here. This is really going to hamstring the Aggies' offense. And I've seen a couple snaps go right over his head. A lot of air behind those snaps, if you know what I mean. This is just a tough spot <laughs> for the Aggies. I mean, my, who in the world would ever take the time to post that a football team is eating so many grains that they're gassy and it's affecting their performance? How would you know this other than firsthand experience? Like it has to be somebody with boots on the ground, right? Because you can't smell through the screen. This is not something that we can observe. Uh, But what's with this nutritionist? 
Like this is your one I job and you have made the team gassy. Come on, yeah. man. You gotta be a little bit Imagine, better than that. What if the players admitted to this? That'd be awesome. Like what happened after the fourth quarter? It seems you guys ran out of gas. No, 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 no. We didn't actually. That's it. Was just no, the we had a lot of gas. We, uh, actually. we, were, we were, we had a lot Funny. of gas. Uh, we were just, Very I felt stinky. bloated and uh, you know, it wasn't the crowd noise. It was the smell on the field. And, you know, it's just something we got to work through. So I was really gassy there. I felt bloated and I was a little, you know, I was a little taken aback. We got to cut back on the grain intake during the week. Just tough time for us. But we'll get back at it next week. Maybe less grains. Like, I cannot believe it's – but you see – fans are crazy. And you and, and this is not specific to A&M, even though A&M has a lot of these. But in any message board, if you delve deep enough, you will find some ridiculous theories. I don't, again, I don't know how they got this, but Texas A&M has to find a way to use this to their advantage because we have seen kind of alternative forms of intimidation. Could you not do this to somebody on the line of scrimmage? Did you see that viral video of, I think it was the Tennessee player who literally just puked and then stared down like the opposing team? Like, yeah, you want some of that, buddy? And he just goes, (laughs) Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Mike Ditka back in the day. No, it wasn't Ditka. It was, it wasn't Ditka. It was Dick Butka. Sorry, I got my Chicago Bear wrong. And he was very famous for when he was playing middle linebacker, he would lean over and just spit on the football or hock a loogie on the football right before it was snapped. Just to intimidate. Yeah. I I swear to God, you can read about it. There's a whole thing, a whole NFL films thing on him. But anyway, it's just, it's just another aspect of football I'd never considered before. And that is a gassy football team. All right, let's bring in the host of the BetQLU podcast. Oh, oh, here we go. He's wearing a shirt that says worst state ever, and it's an outline of Ohio. Let's talk to Chris Mack. We are. Oh, Penn State. Penn State. Wow. Yay. Yeah, baby. Oh, God. Well, I was getting excited, and Chelsea said, no, let's temper that enthusiasm. It is nope. the very regular and very talented Chris Mack. Chris, <laughs> how, how you feeling about your Nittany Lions? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm scared, Jenks. I'm so scared. Yeah. I'm like the girl in Blair Witch Project. I'm right up in the camera. You can almost see the boogers (laughs) coming out of my nose. (laughs) I'm scared. Um, This is the best chance James Franklin has ever had to get both of the boogeymen in the same season. Now, Michigan, we will save for, well, Michigan week. Uh, But Ohio State on the road in Columbus. And the spread keeps growing, right? Started out at four early in the week, up to four and a half now. You can tell I'm not in shape lately because I'm out of breath from my marching in place that just happened. It's very sad. (laughs) But I I also think this is... This is the uh, the best the the biggest talent disparity, and it's not great, really. Usually, the talent disparity lies on the other side. Um, But this is the best talent disparity we've seen. 
whether it's in the secondary for Penn State, finally having an opportunity to limit what Ohio State does through the air, whether it's the offensive line that I think is obviously led by Ola Fashionu, who could have been the top tackle in the draft last year, but still decided to come back. And of course, I've been telling you guys all year, it's the year of the quarterback. So definitely there's an advantage there. Drew Aller still has yet to throw an interception this year. Kyle McCord on the other side has been underwhelming at times for the Buckeyes. And the one thing I will sprinkle on, on top of this that I think is key to a lot of important games this week around college football, including this one, is the revenge aspect. It's revenge week. You know, you've got Utah. Uh, they've won three in a row against USC. Do the Trojans, and the Trojans looking to bounce back after that ugly loss to Notre Dame, do they have revenge on their mind? You've got Bama looking to maybe exact some revenge on Tennessee for last year and to get them in Tuscaloosa. And Penn State, for years, has not been able to get past the boogeyman of Ohio State and Michigan and beat both in the same year. This is, if it doesn't happen this time, they're not going to have many opportunities to get both on the schedule at the same time going forward as the Western teams, the Pacific teams get added to the Big Ten starting next year, the way the schedule will rotate. So this is the time. It is now if James Franklin and the Nittany Lions are ever going to do it. So here's the sabotage factor in my eyes. I don't think I've heard a single person on Ohio State this week. Every single person I know is all over Penn State plus four and a half. Does it yeah. make you worry that Penn State is possibly a trendy dog that could get slaughtered? <laughs> slaughtered? Why you got to be so personal with it, Chelsea? Um, slaughtered? Down? No. Euthanized? <laughs> Quietly taken to that back room at the vet where they leave you alone for just a couple of minutes to say some final words and cry tears into that warm fur before you have to get it. Yeah, no, I, I worry about Jeez. that. I, I've been to too many. You, do you sense my emotional attachment to this thing? Um, I've, I've been there too many times and had things ruined by Ohio State too often. It's why I wear this shirt that you guys mentioned with pride. Um, there is, it is, however, a... a I'll say this, and, and some Penn State people won't like to hear it. It's a bit of a one-way rivalry, right? Like, it, Penn State hates Ohio State more than Ohio State even considers themselves thinking about Penn State. Um, that being the case, as far as the trendy dog goes, I think really there's just been this momentum all year behind just what I said a couple minutes ago. If it's ever going to happen for Penn State, it's got to be this year with mm. the quarterback that they have now, uh, with the defense that they've put in place. Um, and so... Yes, it is very trendy, and that worries me a lot as a Penn State fan. And to be quite honest, as someone who may bet on this game, I mean, keep an eye on it. This might be the, the line might just be a stay away. You know, it, it Penn State. There's nothing saying Penn State has to win this game. Uh, there is a lot of mojo, for lack of a better way to put it, a lot of sneaking momentum over the years that leans Ohio State's way, including the fact that this thing is in Columbus. Um, so. I, as a Penn State fan, to be quite honest, I don't know if I'll have the heart to put my money on this one because I know sometimes I get too emotionally involved in these things and then it jumps up and burns me. But I I also do understand those people that for all the reasons I outlined earlier, look at this and say, well, no, this is the one time Penn State does catch Ohio State, in particular because of the quarterback advantage. 
Oh, man, I hope you're right, because I'm with you, buddy. I am tired of the Buckeyes. We're talking with Chris Mack, host of the BetQOU podcast, which drops tonight again on the Odyssey YouTube channel. Also does a fantastic job on 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh. All right, let's talk SEC. Number 17, Tennessee. At number 11, mm-hmm. Alabama. Alabama laying eight and a half points, total sitting at 48 and a half. What are you thinking here, Chris? I think that number's a little big. It has me wondering, you know, for Alabama, who's only four and three against the spread this year and is coming off that ugly win over Arkansas, there's, you know, there's two instinctive ways you look at that. You go, well, they're coming off an ugly win over Arkansas. Uh, they, They should feel inspired to, and again, the revenge angle to this thing, they should feel inspired, emotionally energized, especially at home. Uh, to take care of business against Tennessee. But I, I don't like that number. I do suspect we get a tight ball game again. I'm not going to go out on a limb and predict a, a Tennessee upset like we got last year. But I think this is more of a four or five point game. And that's why I don't like the number. And if I if I do go with anybody on the spread on this one, it will be Tennessee. Um, I just, it, this is this is just as good a Tennessee team, in my opinion, too, as they had last year. So um, Tennessee covering in Tuscaloosa, I at eight and a half. I, I I really like the number if if you're looking to bet the Vols. Right, especially because it is a low total, sitting at forty eight and a half mm-hmm. points should be at a premium. Uh, and also, I think I'm rooting for Tennessee here because I just read that Nick Saban doesn't actually smoke the cigars. You know how they do the celebration at the end of this one uh, for the rivalry? He said he just chews on it. I was like, that fraud. At least smoke the cigar, <laughs> Nick Saban. But, uh, yeah, I'll be rooting for Tennessee. Uh, next up, let's go to number 14 Utah at number 18 USC. USC laying seven here, a total of 56. You are talking about the revenge angle uh, and also, it feels like a spot where we may see another public dog here in Utah. USC did not look good last week, but what's the side you're taking? This is still such a tough one because figuring out just what Utah is, uh, especially without Cam Rising still and without Brant Keithy, um, I mean, we know what they are, right? They're defense above all. Um, and with that being said, this is classic irresistible force, immovable object, USC offense against Utah defense. And it's hard not, I think it's hard for the public not to lean in on the Utes, given what we saw last year and really the last three matchups between these two teams. That's Caleb Williams' first three interception game of his collegiate career last week against Notre Dame. It's only the second multi-interception game of his collegiate career. Um, I, I, I'm trying to get a gauge, guys, and I don't know what you think on whether this is the beginning of the collapse for USC or it's the bump in the road that maybe they needed to refocus themselves. I will say this. This game is an elimination chamber matchup, a win-or-go-home matchup for either one of these teams' CFP hopes, if they still have any, uh, because a two-loss Pac-12 team is not even a part of that conversation. I think that's enough for USC to win this one. Do they cover that number? Uh, This is another one I think is really tight. So I I do understand the public going in on Utah plus seven. And I do think a large, I think a lot of people in in the public want to see Utah win. They're kind of rooting against USC unless you're actually in Southern California. They they like to see the dog in this case, maybe give, uh, give the Trojans their comeuppance or uh, remind them, put them in their place, I guess, for lack of a better way to put it. So I like Utah plus the number, but 
Um, this game, I think, is going to be another one that's really tight here on Revenge Week. Oh, man, I'm already excited for the weekend. He's Chris Mack, host of the BetQLU podcast. It drops tonight on the Odyssey YouTube channel. Check him out as host on 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh and host of the fourth down in the Steel City pod. Chris, great to see you as always. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. You bet. Also, Chris is 6-0 in our survivor pool, taking the Niners over the Vikings this week. Another excellent call. Ooh, I don't know about this USC line. I, I, I'm not going to bet this game, but it feels this. If you're talking about lines that don't make any sense, USC laying seven makes no sense at all. It does feel like a, a public play on Utah saying, you know, Utah's going to run the roost here just because USC looked yeah. so terrible last week. So much of betting, I feel like, is judging the market and trying not to overreact. So I think that's yes. what I'm going to do on that one. I feel like USC's the play. Yeah, I do too. If I had to play it, it won't be an official play, but I would actually lean Trojans here. Coming up next on the show, time to make some money on this Thursday. We're going to give you our best bets. That is coming up next on the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. Stay right in. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. Get it going, Double D. Yeah. Welcome back. Oh, it's a Thursday, guys. Come on, we're almost there. Daily Tip for BetQL presented by BetMGM, King of Parlays. We are live across the country from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. in the East. She's Chelsea. I'm Jinx. Best bets in just moments. Chelsea, I have a message to share from one of our listeners, guy who messages me from time to time. Jake Siebert lives in Phoenix, Arizona. And this is not about betting. This is about hygiene. This is about personal care. Because remember when we were talking on the show about how feet can be gross and you in particular think that most guys should probably not wear sandals that expose their feet. You know what I'm talking? Remember this conversation? Well, mm-hmm. Jake sent me a note on Twitter to let me know, hey, very kind, said, great show. I just want you to know I listened the other day and I clipped my toenails after listening. They were fine, oh. but I, start- I started feeling self-conscious after hearing you guys talk about it. We live in sandals here in Phoenix. They still get 100-degree days, so obviously you want your feet to stay cool. And Jake took your advice, and he said, just to make sure that my feet look okay, I'm going to go home, and I'm going to trim the toenails. Chelsea, we're here not only for your sports wagering, for also hygiene tips along the way. Man, move aside doctors. Move aside first responders. We here at The Daily Tip are the ones really making a difference and making the world a better place. Because if there is yes. one fewer man out there mm. with bad toe hygiene, 
I feel like I have done my job and I will rest my hat on that. Mm, well done. Maybe we can make that a segment on the show where you just give life advice. It could be hygiene. Mm -hmm. It could be manners. It could be things to eat, how to work out. You're a very multifaceted person. I'm glad someone said, you know what? Chelsea's right. I need to take care of my feet here. And even better, I didn't get a picture. I think that's the best way to do it. I'm letting you know about my feet, but also I'm not sending you proof because no one needs a picture of a foot. Right. I think that would have canceled it out. If you were starting to get feet pictures, <laughs> then we were doing the opposite of oh. making a difference in this oh. world. Because let me say for the record, do not send us pictures of your toes. We don't want to see them. I don't think I know a single woman that was like, man, I like this guy, but I just really want to see his feet. What's a with it in men and wanting to see women's feet? That is such I, a fetish. And I don't know why. Uh, yes. I have never gotten that. I, I understand that's a real fetish for a lot of guys, but I I have never understood that at all. Like at all. Not nah. once have I been like, man, I can't wait to see her feet. Like, like I, I that's never even that's never even a thought that has occurred to me. Like What's that? you were walking on your feet all day. Like whose feet yes. are even going to smell good? Even if Ugh. you are the most hygienic person on the planet, like your feet are still probably going to be kind of gross at the end of the day. Jenks, I would have people who would call to our TV station and ask for used uh, shoes from me. Be like, hey, can Ugh. I get a, a pair of Chelsea's used shoes? I'm like, no, I don't have that many pairs of shoes. These were like $60, which is a lot for me on this salary. No, you cannot have my shoes. Also, why would the TV station be keeping your shoes? I don't know. Like people oh who watch local TV are like the creepiest of creeps. Like there's some real <laughs> creeps that watch local TV. Jake, I'm sure you've had a run in with somebody yes. who called the station about something creepy. Yeah, I had to I had to file charges one time against someone because it was it was some guy who kept dropping off and what the scary thing was he wasn't mailing these letters. He was dropping them off personally at the front desk. And then it would be like, hey, can you put this in Michael G? And it was, it was psycho stuff. It was like, and I'm not making this up. It was, hey, can I get your social security number and don't forget to wear a condom in the shower? Like, serious. And I was like, what in the world is this? And so <laughs> I, it, it, it was, God. yeah, I swear to God. I mean, that's a weird thing to make up. I'm not making this up. And so, uh, this happened a couple times where I was getting these really bizarro kind of not even stalker, just like psychotic letters that were being dropped off. And then so they said the next time one of these arrives, A, be on the lookout for whoever this is. B, the next time one arrives, do not touch it. If you see it, you know, get a paper towel. Do not put any fingerprints on it because we're going to have to dust. So they dusted it for fingerprints. And eventually they found the guy who had like three or four different addresses and I had to file charges, talk to police and they finally got it. But I, I forget what the exact charge was, but yeah, it kind of got, it was one of those where it, it was like, Oh, this is kind of funny. And it's like, this isn't funny at all. This is actually kind of scary. I don't know who this person is. I could walk out of here and be in trouble. What's the charge though? Like, do they have any trouble like per like prosecuting somebody just for being creepy? Like, is there an actual crime in there? Because it is very, very creepy. And I would assume this person is going to commit crimes. But like, yes. what can you arrest them for? 
this was a long time ago, but I believe there was some sort of pattern there where he had done this before and he was, he had some sort of police record. And so this had been an issue. And because of those previous charges, or I don't know if he was on probation, whatever it was, they were able to put together some sort of charges and arrest the guy. And that's the last I ever heard from him. So I'm glad that's over now. That was a long time. I know. Let's get to something a little more positive. Coming up next on Becky Daily, Kenny Ducey from Covers.com and the Action Network. We'll talk with the crew about the MLB playoffs. And if you missed our conversation with Chris Mack, from the BetQLU podcast. It drops tonight on the Odyssey YouTube channel. Check out his favorite college picks for the weekend by downloading and subscribing to the Daily Tip wherever you get your pods. All right, Chelsea, let's make the people some money. Time to place your bets. Chelsea, that's my teammate. You've had an awesome three weeks. You had one loss last night. Who cares? Let's keep it going. What do you got? All right, best bet of the night for me is going to be Ranger Suarez over his outs prop of 14 and a half. He's the starting pitcher for the Philadelphia Phillies tonight on the road at the Diamondbacks. A lot of this is reading between the lines of what we've seen come out of the Phillies pressers. They have said that they want a traditional start from Ranger Suarez tonight because look at it. The the Phillies are up two games to nothing. They've got a bullpen in a game incoming in game four. They need to keep their relievers fresh. So it feels like a spot where Ranger Suarez could have a longer leash here. They even said that. And also Ranger Suarez has been outstanding in the postseason. He's already had two starts this postseason, both against the Braves, only gave up one run in eight and two-thirds innings of work against a very good offense. In fact, the Braves only hit 133 against him. Plus, in the postseason in his career, he's been great as well. 3-0 and with a 116 ERA in seven games of experience in the postseason. So I like that. The fact that uh, the Phillies have a little extra breathing room, they have a two-game series lead, I think the leash is a little bit longer for Ranger Suarez tonight. So let's take his house prop over 14 and a half. All right. Good luck, Chelsea. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm kind of overwhelmed by the card today. I'm all over the place. Had a 3-0 night last night, so I'm just going to go with one bet today, and I'm going to do a two-leg parlay, which I know isn't necessarily the smartest, but I actually like this. Bruins money line plus Jag Saints under 47. It's only minus 122. Bruins are taking on San Jose. And there's just a massive swath between these two teams. Bruins still one of the best teams in hockey. They put a ton of shots on net, and the Sharks are really bad defensively. Plus, they have Capo Kakinen between the pipes. He was bad last year. He was bad in his only start this year, where he gave up four goals in his one start against the Golden Knights. So there's a reason why the Bruins are massive favorites here. I'm on Boston Moneyline, and I'm playing the total in the Jags-Saints game on up to 47, hitting the under. Look, the under has hit in all six Saints games this season, including 16 of their last 17 games overall. Trevor Lawrence, iffy for this game. Really doesn't matter if he plays or not. Both teams dealing with massive injuries on the offensive line as well. Bruins money line, Jag Saints under 47, minus 122. That is the best bet. All right, we're short on time, so eight ball. Let's make this quick. Uh, let's take right. the sounder and go straight to the eight ball. Eight ball. What do we think of our plays today? Ranger Suarez over his out prop fourteen and a half tonight against the Diamondbacks. Eight ball says yes, definitely. All right, so that's a good, good answer. Let's go to Jinx's parlay: Bruins money line, Jag Saints under forty seven. Eight ball says very doubtful. Okay, whatever. If you want to check out the eight ball, you know the drill. Twitch.tv slash BetQL. Chelsea, what else you got? 
Phillies money line. I'm going to make it short and to the point. Do we think this Phillies lineup is going to turn back into pumpkins when they go to Arizona? I think not. Trey Turner, Bryce Harper, Kyle Schwarber. These guys are postseason veterans. Let's go Phillies minus 135. Okay, and your BetQL five-star best bet. Actually got a couple on the card. Make sure you download the BetQL app to make yourself a better better. Blackhawks at the abs under six and a hook. And the BetQL mainframe says Blues money line minus 125 hosting the Coyotes. Let's find out what's coming up next on BetQL Daily and bring in our friend Ed Egros. Easy, Eddie. What's going on? Oh, not too much. Just hanging out, you know, Thursday morning, taking it easy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I have I have a show to do, don't I? I have work, yeah. don't I? Faraz Siddiqui, Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast, will join us with some prop bets. Kenny Ducey talking a little Major League Baseball postseason. We've got a packed show. All right. So do you like the Phillies tonight? I like the Phillies. Do you like them too? <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. You know, we had Sean Zarello on yesterday. Sounds and he like likes no. the Diamondbacks. And so now I'm a little <laughs> bit conflicted. I think this is going to be a lower scoring game. If, if anything, like I'm expecting fewer runs, like maybe not exactly a pitcher's duel, but, you know, Brandon fought, like it'll be a short leash, but I think that bullpen should be good enough to where it should be an exciting game. Yeah, okay. let's Looking hope. Go Phillies. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wearing I knew red I heard. for the fills. Come on, Chelsea. Oh, I had to wear yeah. pink and orange today. It was next in the the lineup. Had to wear my orange rainbow earrings. Uh, they're not magnets. No, they're not. Okay. <laughs> Just rainbows. <laughs> okay. Like if you walk by all right. iron, all of a sudden your head uh, goes in that direction. No, <laughs> that would be very dangerous. I, I thought. Uh, so. <laughs> Thanks, Ed. We appreciate it. Have a great show. You bet. Oh, well, Chelsea, let's get some winners tonight. Let's continue our winning ways. Let's go. That's going to do it for us here on the Daily Tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. No danger with those earrings. I say you're just going to attract some money and some winners tonight. She's Chelsea. I'm Jinx. Have a fantastic Thursday. Good luck on your bets, and we will wrap things up tomorrow. Finish the week strong live at 6 a.m. in the East. See ya. You've been listening to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. If you missed any of the show, listen back anytime on the new and improved Odyssey app.